Welcome to this episode of the Transfer Portal CFB podcast presented by No Context CFB. Uh, we are going to start off this week with the group of five previews for the week. And as you can probably tell by Adam's shirt and, well, my hat, we are going to focus on the AAC. Basically, this is a conference that we both feel really comfortable talking about. And uh, I'm pretty excited. As far as I'm concerned, this is going to feel like senior year of high school where I just want to get the hell out. <laughs> almost there, almost to uh, greener pastures, so to say. But uh, as we but like, look, let's just got one more year in this. We got one more year to go for three of the 11 teams in this conference. UH, of course, being one of them, Cincinnati and UCF. They'll all be joining BYU in the Big 12 next season in 2023 that's right and uh join BYU there in the big 12 and so this is essentially last chance for these three teams I'm pretty excited for how this competition is going to feel man how do you feel about knowing that this is our literally last season the AAC Um, I'm excited because I think we have a good team we being Houston uh I think the other side of the American is going to be really interesting but I mean, I think it's wide open, honestly. And then, obviously, next year, who knows what will happen. But I want to try and stay focused on this year. It was in front of you. Do your job. Make a New Year's Six Bowl. Maybe a playoff. Who knows? We've seen it happen. So, I think we got a I'm shot. Ex- I'm excited about this season. I really am. I, I kind of – I'm really, honestly, more looking forward to this season for UH than I probably would for my other team, Wisconsin, because – I just feel good about UH's team this year. I feel like if they're going to make any jump to take another conference title that we haven't gotten in like six years, seven, geez, it's really going to be seven years. Yeah. It's going to be seven years. Uh, this is it. This really is it. And, you know, we, we had Derek Parrish and we had D'Anthony Jones on, we know how hyped they are for the season. We know how confident they're going into it, but we obviously can't focus on just UH. That's probably going to come in a later time, but let's kind of like just dive into straight the storylines. We kind of already mentioned one, this is last season for three teams. Uh, we got Rhett Lashley offensive coordinator from Miami going to SMU. Now we've got, you know, UH, it feels like UH's entire offense is back. They're going to have to replace some pieces in the secondary I think in terms of offense completion, I think they're among the best in the conference. I think they are the best in the conference. Uh, Cincinnati, they essentially lost all their key components from that playoff team last season. You know, Kobe Bryant's no longer there. Ahmad uh, Sauce Gardner's no longer there. Desmond Ritter's not there. They lost Alec Pierce, their leading receiver last year. Let's We're obviously going to go into a little bit more about, you know, how are they going to progress? Are they going to stay the same, you know, potentially undefeated team last year, or are they going to kind of take that step back and maybe not be the same team that we know that Luke Fickle can put out there? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because they did lose a lot for the skill positions, but but they still have their whole offensive line there. That was really kind of the cornerstone of that offense that sometimes did struggle, but when you have when you saw the front the front five, they're all coming back. They have three, I think, all conference offensive linemen. I, I mean, I think I think they'll be fine because you can protect the quarterback. You can run the ball. It just makes finding like talent in the other positions a lot easier when you have 
a solid base like they did with the offensive line. And we know what Luke Fickle is as a coach. We know that he's going to be a defensive guy yes. first. He's going to he's going to trust his offensive coordinators. And I'll say that Cincinnati team last year, it wasn't even it wasn't even a strong offensive team either. I mean, a lot of people were not a lot of people were not high on Desmond going into the draft. I mean, he ends up being the second quarterback taken. Good for him. But uh, you know, let's kind of just dive right into it. You know, as we're going into the season, I mean, what are some of the biggest storylines that, that you got for the AAC? Um, one of them is can Luke Fickle figure out how to replace all those skill positions. Another that I'm really looking forward to um, is UCF. We had Gus Malzahn here too. You know, they kind of got thrown a big you know, haymaker when they lost Dylan Gabriel, lost the starting running back. I'm interested to see what, what they do. They still managed to put up, I think, over 400 yards and 30-plus points. Um, obviously, I think, you know, going with 8-5 and five or 9-4, and four, is it – that's not UCF standards anymore. But, yeah, Gus Mazzani, year two. I think, like I said earlier, that whole side of the division, I think, is wide open because I don't think Cincinnati would be as good. Um, I just going to come down to Cincinnati versus UCF, that game, to decide who – it's a conference championship. So that, that's the key storyline I'm watching. It also feels kind of BS that, that Houston doesn't get either team this season. Yeah, it doesn't, but it's also good for us because, I mean – I mean, it's good. It gives, it, gives us a, it gives us a better path. I mean, that leaves only what? Truthfully, only what? SMU as a potential. It was like that last year too, though. We didn't play Cincinnati or – did we play UCF last year? But no, so. no, we did not play UCF last year. Yeah, that's weird. Two years in a row. But, I mean, truthfully, it was kind of BS because I remember after the season ended, it was literally just like, all right, last season, all the home teams are now our the away teams and vice versa. And I'm kind of just like, well, that's kind of fucking boring in my opinion. I mean, uh, it's whatever. I mean, look, we're seeing those two teams probably next year anyway. So, I mean, I'm not overly bothered by it. Uh, like I said earlier, Rhett Lashley, a former Miami offensive coordinator, now going to SMU. How do you feel he fits that SMU team? And uh, do you kind of feel like that there's like a new culture there this season? Um, man, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really high on them right now because I'm just not sold on Ashley yet. You just couldn't be. I mean, after seeing the first half of last season with that Miami team before Tyler Van Dyke really took off, I mean, it was yeah. really hard. It was truthfully really hard to buy on Miami, you know, and. Rhett Lashley was getting like head coaching hype, you know, even after Miami got blown out by Alabama in that week one, it kind of just left me wondering like how much of a real deal is he is my, is my main thing. Like I well, can't. Here's my thing. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good fit because like he's off. He, he wants to throw the ball a lot. That's kind of what SMU did. They kind of spread it out. That's kind of what Sonny Dykes, um, wants to do and I think he he worked under Sonny Dykes didn't he I think he did at one point actually let me check real quick I think he did um, you know and they have I do like the offensive coordinator Casey Woods as well he's um I think he worked he was working oh, at he did in 2018-2019 Red Lashley was already at us I mean before yeah so it's, it's, it's kind of a familiar face so the transition should be a lot easier, in my opinion. 
just don't know how quickly that production will come on the field because I feel like they lost a lot of key pieces. They did. You got Ulysses Bentley obviously going from SMU to Ole Miss. That's that's one of the bigger losses that they had. You had Danny Gray going to the NFL. You had Rasheed Rice is still there. Uh, Reggie Roberson no longer there. Uh, so it kind of does open up a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a question mark, like, hey, is Rasheed Rice, he was probably the number two whiteout at best in most games. This year he's probably going to be the undisputed number one. We'll see how how much further he's going to take uh, that SMU offense. And I actually heard that there might be some more competition than we think between uh, Tanner Mordecai and Preston Stone, you know, for all the people that keep up with really? – uh, yeah, for all the people that keep up with uh, Texas high school football, Preston is a—he was a pretty notorious name when he was in high school up in Dallas. So, I mean, listen, I still think Tanner Mordecai is gonna—I think he's still gonna be the the quarterback. I mean, how could he, he not threw, be? Honestly, he I mean. he threw forty <laughs> touchdowns last season. I mean, he threw the most in the entire AC. He's not going anywhere. I mean, he would need a disastrous game to start the season. He would need a disastrous game against TCU during their season in order to get benched. But I think it's his last season of eligibility anyways. I think he's got this. I mean, if President Stone, if he if he isn't starter for SMU this season, I don't know how he doesn't transfer, to be honest with you. Yeah. He's Dallas kid. He's Dallas kid through and through though. That's true. Um but he was he was a season he's a was he a Sunny Dykes kid? Yeah he was. He was yeah, it would be interesting to see because I mean TCU is right down the road. Max Dugan, I think this is his last year of eligibility too. Yeah, so it might be a little bit of pressure to play him, honestly. If you look, look towards the future, but I don't, I don't see how you can't start. Uh, Temple, obviously, another team that uh, uh, Temple is another team that obviously got a new head coach, uh, Stan Drayton. But let's be honest, Temple's Temple. I'm not going to waste more than five seconds worth of breathing time on Temple, especially considering how they went three and nine last season, and they only won one conference win. I I don't care much about Temple, to be honest with you. Transfer portal quarterbacks, this is kind of important now because, you know, we just mentioned Cincinnati, no, no Desmond Ritter. We'll see who wins it. Evan Prater, who was a class of 2019 guy, he was a top 200 recruit in the country, four-star, top – six dual threat quarterback in the country when he graduated, but he's not the only Cincinnati quarterback uh, in the room. Ben Bryant transferred from Eastern Michigan coming in. Uh, honestly enough, ironically enough, former Cincinnati guy going to Eastern Michigan, going back to Cincinnati. I think Evan Prater keeps the job for Cincinnati. I think he's good. You know, he's six, five, he's almost 200. He's almost 200 pounds. Uh, he knows that Cincinnati offense probably better than any other quarterback in that room. I think he has the best – he's the most like Desmond Ritter in terms of build. Uh, and like I said, he's already a pro style uh, – you know, he's, you know, a pro style quarterback actually. And uh, I think he's I think he's just more comfortable with the, with the system that they're trying to run up there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's his job to lose because, like you said, he is the kind of plug-and-play still um, – they lost Alec Pierce, but they got a lot of their other receiving um, options back. So you want to go with what's comfortable. You don't want to try and mix things up. So it, unless he has a horrible camp, which I don't think he will, but they do have a tough uh, start against Arkansas. So things could get shaky. We'll see. You know, and that kind of does bring up another question of how much are we cheering for Arkansas that first week? 
Which am I cheering for Arkansas? Uh, yeah, for that first, yeah, for that game, I am. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, my whole family's from Arkansas, so I cheer for Arkansas. That's my that's my SEC. Uh, yeah. UCF, uh, another. They get another transfer. They get John Riss Plumley. I think I said his name right. He comes up from Ole Miss. He's uh, competing with Mikey Keene, truthfully. I don't know shit about UCS quarterback room. I don't know anything about it. Uh, all glory to them. I would like to believe that Gus Malzahn is somewhat of a quarterback whisperer. I don't think he is. Uh, I, I'm truthfully not high on UCF this year, to be honest with you. I, I, ju- I, just, I, I just can't – I just can never really buy – on UCF to, and I think you're going to be shocked by how low I have UCF on my rankings once we get there. Might be different. I, I am kind of high. I, I do like I like Mikey Keen, um, the kid from Ole Miss. I think he played like wide receiver at Ole Miss, if I'm correct, just so he can get on the field. But I think it's kind of the same as the um, Cincinnati quarterback. Like his Mikey Keen's job to lose. I thought he was fine for UCF. You know, his first year. Like you said, Gus Malzahn, he's, he knows how to coach up quarterbacks. We've seen him work with a lot less talent and do well. So, But I am high on UCF. I think they got a lot of pieces coming back. I like Gus Malzahn as a head coach. Um, and they got Cincinnati at home. So, But we'll, but we'll get to that later. Uh, one of the quieter transfers, I'd say, of the offseason, Gary Bohannon going from Baylor to USF. How much does this change uh, your perspective on USF going into the season? Uh, zero. Yeah, I don't. I, don't really. <laughs> I mean that that was that was a that was a run first offense at Baylor. Anyways, I'm not I'm not sold on anything really. Let's you know. Let's go to uh, you know. We kind of you know we could talk about realignment, but truthfully, we kind of already touched on that. This is a this is a no division conference. I kind of like it that way. Uh, breakout players. Do we have any breakout players? Do you got? Do you got one that you got to think Ooh, about? I do. I have. I'm going. I'm going defensive for both of mine. I have two. Okay. Um, Cincinnati. Obviously, they lost two of the best defensive backs in college football, but they are returning a very good linebacker. I'm really high on Deshaun Pace. He's like a line. He would. In high school, he was a safety. He's like a safety linebacker, that hybrid. But I think Cincinnati has a really good um, defensive line. And I think he had 87 tackles last year and four interceptions as a linebacker. He's going to be all over the field, flying around. Keep an eye out on him. And then also, I would pick somebody from my Cougars. I'm going with Javaris Owens. Well. Defensive back, again, kind of, kind of like Cincinnati, Houston, they lost Marcus Jones. Kind of like Cincinnati, they have a really good often, uh, defensive line, as we know. They get up the quarterback, Sack Avenue. Ball's going to be coming out hot. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays. So I think those two are two breakout players. I'm going to go with – I'm also going to go with one Bearcat. I'm going to go with one Cougar also. For the uh, Bearcat, I'm going to go with somebody that we've already spoke about a little bit. I think it's going to be Evan Prater. I think Evan Prater – I think he's one of those guys that I just don't think media are talking enough about him. Like, I feel like whenever we hear about Cincinnati and all these previews, it's more about – you know, it's more about Luke Fickle than it is about the roster. And to an extent, that is true. But at the same time, you still need a quarterback to drive the ship. I think Prater is a good enough player. 
to do that. Like I said, he had a tremendous high school career. He's a Cincinnati guy, actually. Originally, you know, went to high school in Cincy, stayed home. Uh, finally waited his turn after it seemed like Ritter was in Cincinnati for like five years, it felt like. But he's waited his turn. He's going to take that quarterback role. I still think Cincinnati, I still think they're going to be a really good team this year. It's it's going to be a different look than what you saw the last two years. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good team for a, a really good offense, actually. And they do get a good stable of, of wide receivers. Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker, who were two of their top three receivers from last year, they're going to come back. I think Tyler Scott, he had last season, he had 520 yards. I think he's going to have a pretty good productive, and he's going to emerge as their wide receiver one. And, you know, I got, you know, I obviously have got to go with a Cougar. And I'm going to go with the transfer from USC that we just got, uh, Brandon Campbell. Brandon Campbell, for those that don't know him, he was a highly sought-after recruit when he was coming out of Tomball High School, Houston guy anyways. Goes you see it goes to USC doesn't really see the playing time that he that he would get but the good news is that well this isn't really good news this is horrible news actually uh, correction I think he was Katie well, whatever but uh, he is going to get a lot more playing time because of Alton McCaskill being out with the ACL tear that was a massive loss for Houston he was the big play he was the big running back for Houston last season. I think Brandon Campbell, he's a Houston guy through and through anyways. He comes in, he, he'll he go into an offense that I think is very friendly to running backs. But I would also want to give a quick shout-out to Tayshawn Henry because he probably will start the season as a running back. I'm going to ask who you think is going to carry the load. I think Tayshawn Henry is going to get the best in the beginning. I think once we get guys – once once we go into that UTSA game and maybe like Tech and Kansas in those first couple weeks – I think you will see Tayshawn Henry like take the lead a little bit, but I think you will eventually start seeing Campbell take the bigger load. So yeah, those are my two breakout players right there. But shout out solid, to those guys. I, I I think it's going I think it's going to be a really, really really close. I think it's going to be a really good one two punch for for the Cougs. I I really like both guys. I agree. Let's see your standings. Who you got for standings? Are we going bottom to top or top to bottom? Um, let's go bottom of the top, make it suspenseful. Uh, Temple last. I mean, I'm not not even worried about that. Uh, Navy, you know what? Navy, they put up a great game against Army. I'm still pissed off about that. Uh, grew up Army guy, but uh, mm-hmm. I still don't think Navy's really the talented. I think we're kind of reaching a point with Navy where they're not that in 14 that we're so used to seeing. I don't think that triple option, that wishbone that they run. I don't think it's really as effective as it used to be. The defense has been really poor over the last couple of years. I don't really care much about Navy anymore. USF, we kind of spoke a little bit about it. It's still a really young team. I don't, I'm don't. i not too sold on the Bohannon taking over at quarterback. Uh, Tulsa, Tulsa only returns nine starters. They were actually shockingly pretty well. I think they were fifth in the AAC last season, but uh, yep. I think they're going to take a massive – I think they're going to take a massive step back. I will give a quick shout-out to uh, Atascacita High School uh, legend Kenneth Wheeler. Uh, Atascacita guy was among the highly rated recruits in the city of Houston last season at, at a wide receiver. I think he could have a couple big games for uh, for Tulsa this season. East Carolina, seventh. They're just purgatory. I don't really care much about East Carolina. Uh, Tulane, I think Tulane, I think they're getting kind of sneaky, to be honest with you. I don't think I I think we kind of sleep on them a little bit. They they were among what you don't think so? Crap, you're gonna have them last, aren't you? 
fifth, Memphis. I think Memphis is too talented to be as bad as they were last season. Uh, I think they will take a step up. I got UCF fourth, but truthfully, when it comes to fourth and third, I really don't think there's that much separation, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to go with SMU third, to be honest, and I don't like saying that. I for real don't. Just because I think there is enough talent on that offense with Mordecai, with, you know, with Rasheed Rice, Rhett Lashley. I think he recruited uh, 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 Rasheed Rice to come to SMU. I think there's still a lot of good talent right there. And uh, in terms of number top two, two Cincy. And I know it could be easy to be biased, but since he's still lost a ton of talent and I don't think they're going to get that win against Arkansas week one, I, I just think they're, they're going to be very good. They're going to be really, really good. I think they could be a 10 to 11, a one team, but just that I just do not think they're just as powerful as they were before. And I think it kind of goes without saying at this point, I think that this is going to be the best UH team that we've seen in recent memory wholeheartedly honest with you. I think this is a better team than 2015 that won the Peach Bowl. I think this is going to be a better team than 2011 that went 12-0 and and then lost the uh, conference USA game. Fucking Southern Mississippi will never forgive them for that, but I think I think Clayton Toon wholeheartedly, you know, we'll talk about it more, but I just, you know, I saw a quarterback ranking last week that had him ranked third in the, in, in the country among best quarterbacks. And I thought about it, and you know, you could obviously put guys like Will Levis. Actually, after that whole mayonnaise and coffee, I can't, I can't look at Will Levis the same way anymore, to be honest. But Grayson McCall is obviously up there. But there's, I just think that there's this consistency with Clayton, the way that he finished out last season, even the loss to Cincinnati. He he still gave them the the best quarterback performance that Cincinnati faced all season until they played Bryce Young. I think Clayton Toon and that Tank Dell connection, you know, Brandon Campbell and Tayshawn Henry are running back. I and you know, they I think they return four uh, at least four of the five offensive linemen. I I don't see any reason why UH can't be among the best offenses in the country. They already were. They averaged about 35 points per game last season. I, you know, and look, I've got all faith in Doug Belk. You know, we you know, we had Derek Parrish and D'Anthony Jones on here. They talk about how great they love, like how much they love playing for Belk. They say that he's very creative on whenever they scheme up things. I am all in on UH. I have never been this pumped going into a UH season. Okay, okay. so we're, we're kind of far off on our rankings here. I'm going to give you my – I do agree. I have 11. I have Temple. I think they're just not that good. Sorry. 10. I'm going to go with Tulane for the Damn. same reasons. I'm just – they haven't really shown me anything. That just showed me something, you know. In theory, yeah, sure, what you said may be true, but they, they got to show me on paper before I buy in. Nine, I have Tulsa. Eight, USF. I think Garrett Bohan is going to help a little bit. Maybe they win three games, three or four, something like that. Seven, uh, I'm going to go with Davey. Seven, six, I'm going to say SMU. Wow. Do you, you think they're taking a huge step back? I think, this year? I think they're going to take a huge step back this year. Just this year. Next, no, next year. 
I think they may be able to put the pieces together, but well, yeah, because all their real competitions out the window. That's true. <laughs> but I just mean as a team, I think they'll, they'll flow a little bit better. I do like their quarterback, but that's really it. You just you just got to be like super low on their defense with this being the case, because that is still an offense that can probably outscore almost anybody in the in the in the, in the conference. Maybe we haven't. It's a it's a whole different coaching staff, you know. Granted, he was there, you know, under Sunny Dykes, but I'm just I'm, I'm just, for some reason I just don't feel good about uh, where I had them at six five. I'm going with Memphis because I I do agree with you. I think. They they they're way better than what their record was last year. I think Memphis and SMU you could swap. I was going back and forth with them, and East Carolina at four. Wow. Why oh, why, why 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 you got oh. East Carolina so high? <laughs> because East Carolina they had their first winning season since like 2013. You know they're 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 headed in the right direction. SMU isn't. They have a lot of players returning. They, they they got back to the um, bowl eligible last year, and um, I'm I think they're gonna make that next step with all you know these other schools having a lot of you know turnover. East Carolina really doesn't, so I think this is you they kind of take advantage of that. Um, maybe they, they they sneak in the fourth, you know, have a little parity in there. Three. Oh, no. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati at three. Do you do you yeah. have do you have do you have the record with you right now? Uh, I'm not disagreeing. I I actually like that a lot. But C- like, Cincinnati's record. Yeah, I I think they go seven and one in conference. I think they lose to UCF. So I think UCF jumps them. I think UCF. I think I got them both going seven and one, but I think UCF beats Cincinnati at home. So that's why I have UCF ahead. And then number one, I have Houston. They just, I mean, I think they're by by far the best team. They have the easiest schedule by far. There's no reason why they shouldn't go eight and zero in the conference. Is there any reason for them to not go twelve and zero? Texas Tech, maybe. Other than that, no. There's no reason why they shouldn't. They should. Be, I mean, I mean, should be is, Texas Tech. Is UTSA is UTSA a weaker opponent than Tech? Yes. Okay, so because my my only thing is I I'm not saying you're wrong on the tech, but the thing with tech that scares me the most, and I I did listen to the Big Twelve podcast a little bit. I just want to know how good is Donovan Smith really for tech? I don't know, but I think because UTSA is the first game of the year, I, I can't see him losing that. You know, like they have to have the whole offseason to plan for that game. I just can't see him going out and. With, with all the expectations that they have, it was like, this is your year. So last year in the Big 12, go out on the high note. I just can't see him losing the first game. I mean, look, at least at least in conference. At least in conference, yeah, before UTSA gets that call to the AAC next season. Uh, but listen, I, I, will, I, will, I will legit cry if we somehow lose to Kansas, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> it, it ain't happening. It for that's real is not happening. But like whenever I look at Cincinnati's schedule, this is where I think a couple shaky games could come in. I 
I am with you on the fact that they will lose to UCF because they are coming off of a road trip to Dallas in SMU the week before. And if Mordecai is on his game that day, that and even if Cincinnati somehow still pulls it off, it's not going to be easy to go to Orlando the next week in UCF. True. They, I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that they played back to back. I knew they played at SMU. I didn't realize it was back to back like that. In terms of UH, I think we'll be UTSA. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be Tech. We'll beat Kansas. We'll beat Rice. We'll beat Tulane. That's that's back. That's back here. That's back home. But while I while we obviously know how talented this UH team is, the fact that you have Memphis and SMU, all that you have those two games on the road. There's a bye week in between there, though, isn't it? There, uh, there's a bye week after the Memphis game. They. Yeah, they, they and then after the bye week, they go to Navy in Annapolis. Then they play home against South Florida, and then they go to SMU. There's just I just always get bad fives whenever you whenever you schedule those games like on the road, Memphis or SMU. But here's the thing: it's kind of like what we discussed about Memphis. I just don't think they're that good of a coach team to be honest with you. I think that's just the biggest issue that I see with Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, um, honestly, it's, it's obviously in the schedule. I mean, at at Texas Tech is going to be tough. I don't think SMU is good enough. Maybe that second to last game at East Carolina, they might be feeling themselves a little bit. It's kind of a bit of a trap game. They can might be like going a little bit back to days ago and slip up, but there's really no nothing on the schedule. No, none of these teams are even close to the talent. Some has. Then with 12 and 0, it's a disappointment in my opinion. You're expecting 12 and 0? Yes. Based on this schedule, yes. So if we get DA and Derek back on here, are you going to tell them, like, hey, we expect 12 and 0? Nothing less? Of course. All right. All right. They better be expecting the same. I'm sure. I'm going to clip this and I'm going to tell them (laughs) you said that. You know, know, we expect greatness. So, all right. So you got UCF, UH, and Conference in the conference title game. That's that would obviously be here in Houston. What do you think that score would be? Uh, I think it's something like Houston forty-five, UCF thirty-two. I think they pull away late, something like that. I think UH will get. Mem- I think UH will get Cincinnati, and I would rather have it no other way to get to bring Cincinnati back to our jungle rather than play it in theirs. It would just feel such like a such sweet revenge game after last season. That, that's also my dream scenario. If we played, if we play Cincinnati and if, and if everything goes the way that I think it's going to go, I could, li- I could literally see 48 points to Cincinnati's 24. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I don't know what the most packed Houston game is all time at TDCU. I I really the don't know. Louisville game. Lamar Jackson. Louisville. Uh, yeah, that game, that was pretty heavily. I mean, I, I don't know how field, I, I, I don't know how filled it was uh, in the first game against UTSA when the stadium first opened. I don't know about that. It was there. I, I was there. It wasn't. I mean, it was crazy, but it wasn't, you 
I actually legit, I actually would think if we got Cincinnati back to our territory, that would probably be the craziest game that that would ever happen at that stadium. So, do you have some key games for that for that to set up? Like, what are your what, what matchups are you looking at in conference matchups? Uh, UH at SMU, I think. I mean, that's just. You know, that's I think that's the biggest I think that's among the bigger games in the conference. I it's just you know, it, it kind of we talk about all the time. It's just the it's just the Houston Dallas rivalry. It's it, that's just where it gets personal for players. It gets personal for fans. It's you know, it's it's honestly a game that I'm thinking about going to, to be honest with you. Like, why not? I'll make that I'll make that trip up there. But, uh, sure. you know, I probably get i'd probably get into a few fights to be honest with you if, if that was to happen no being dead serious like i was at the uhsmu basketball game that was here and like we had this one smu kid who you know was the most stereotypical dad's probably lawyer type person i've ever met in my life and i literally wanted to kick this guy's ass <laughs> i for real i for real did like this dude was just changed so much shit he was like imagine like living in houston i'm kind of just like bro like like that, even, that even, real, man. I mean, like even then, it's like, like at the SMU UH game last season where we stormed the field. I had these three SMU guys sitting behind me. Like they definitely were not alumni. They were not. I I don't even know what they were, but like they were like the absolute most anti-looking SMU people I've ever seen. Like they were not rich and all that, and they were chanting shit the whole time. They were like, "Y'all ain't played Cincy this year," and I'm like. Did you shut the hell up? We're gonna kick your ass anyways. So that's one of your key games. Do you have any more? Uh I think uh that UCF game. Uh where they play Cincinnati, uh, that's obviously gonna be a massive game. I think uh, you know, that's probably gonna be the game where it de- where it decides like, hey, who's gonna be the one to play UH? Who's gonna play UH like in the in the conference title game? Uh in terms of another key game, I think Cincinnati, whenever they play Excuse me. Uh, whenever Cincy plays SMU, I think that's another one. There's just something about SMU. I just feel like SMU, while I don't think they're going to be the best team, I, while I obviously do not think that they're going to make it to the conference title game, I just feel like they're just going to be that team that will just play spoiler, to be honest with exactly. you. Exactly. So that guy was going to say. They're going to they, catch somebody slipping. They're, because like, here's the thing they get both Cincy and UH. They get Cincy and UH in their backyard. And I got to make yeah. sure, like, I gotta make sure another thing real quick. If SMU does play UCF this season, they do. They do. S- SMU goes to UCF October first, and then they host Cincinnati October twenty second, and they host Houston November fifth. I just know that they're about to piss somebody off. Mm-hmm. I think those are the games. That- that you mentioned, like SMU, they're going to play spoiler. Keep an eye out on East Carolina. I think a lot of teams are going to sleep on them because they're not a, like, perennial powerhouse in the American, at least in football. So people might be sleeping on a little bit. It might be a, a trap game. Um, like I said, I'm, that last game, second to last week of the, of the season, Houston goes to Eastern Carolina. That one scares me a little bit. But, like, we talk about it, like, though, like, you're saying East Carolina could play spoiler. I'm saying SMU could play spoiler. The at Memphis game, I just, for some reason, I just fucking hate that. While, I, while I'm almost willing to drive to Louisiana and make that bet, I just hate the idea of going to fucking Memphis. <laughs> All right, break yeah. up. Uh, 
let's see, a hot takes. Do you have a hot take for the season? Oh, hot takes. I think that Tank Dale will be in the top three for the Blitnikoff. Probably only behind Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Jordan Addison. Whoever, you know, I don't know. I think he's gonna be top. You don't get, you don't give a fuck who. Um, And I think that UH will. I don't think we make the college football playoff, but I think we're in the conversation. I think we go twelve and zero, and we're in the conversation. I think Clayton Toon. I think Clayton Toon's going to make it to New York for Heisman. I think he's oh. going to be at the high. I think so. I for real. I am like. Well, they go twelve and zero. Somebody, yeah. I, mean, not- I think. I think. I for real think. I think he's a Heisman talented quarterback. I for real do. This is. I think this is. Uh, I think this is last season of eligibility with us. I think so. Maybe. He has one more because of COVID year. That's true. I think he has well, well, this is gonna be the year that he's gonna get the end of the first round NFL draft talk, to be honest with you. So as far as I'm concerned, this is his last season with us. i I think Tank Dell, he's going he's gonna be in the Belenikov conversation. I'm with you on that. I for I you know, while I do think it's gonna to go to somebody like a CJ Stroud or you know, maybe Bryson repeats. I don't think he will, but I think CJ Stroud is my Heisman winner. But I do think Clayton Toon, I think he deserves that Heisman talk. I think he's going to have an even better year this year. I've also read something that every quarterback that has his last season with Dana Holgerson ends up having the best year of their career. That's true. And, you know, uh, I'm going to change oh, my hot take. Tank Dale's going to win the bullet in the car. This is supposed to be a hot take. He's going to win it. They go 12 and 0. I don't see why not. Let, let's, put up, let's put up some numbers. How many yards? You gotta put 1600 a minimum 1600 yards TDs TDs 15 I'm gonna give Clayton I think he's gonna break 5k yards okay oh the hand is like no 5k that's too much uh if this was NFL it would make more sense I think he'll break 4k 4K. Well, well, that's shit. We we, we hold up 4K yards. How many for 12 games? Like I know that's right. This is 12 games, 4K yards. We're talking about 360 yards per game. Fuck it, why not? I'm I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. And for past TDs, yeah, what? He's gonna he's gonna 39 break last year. He's he's gonna break 40 easily. I think he had 39 last year, so he's definitely breaking 40. I. 48. 48. How many picks did he get? He had like 10 picks last year. He needs to touch down the interception this year. Yeah, but here's the thing. Almost half of those picks was in the first game alone. True. <laughs> yeah, that was the day that you DM me and said that we were a basketball school. Um, we're at week. He had 10 last year. He's 39 and you, you know, I think he's going to air it out more this season, you know, especially with Alton out. I think he's going to get – I'm going to top it off at eight. Eight? Yeah. 48 touchdowns, I, eight interceptions. Yeah, I think that so. Means, Why that's not? Bryce Young numbers. That's uh, – how, how, what's, that, what's that TD touchdown? Is that six to one? 
Yes, that's six of one. Fuck it. We'll let, fuck it. Why not? 48 TDs, eight interception, over 4K yards. He's going to fucking do it. So he's going to be in the Heisman. So you got, I think we both have Houston in the New Year's Six. Yes. Uh, Houston, fucking hell, man. I'm trying to think like who I have in my top four right now because here's the thing. If we go 12 and 0, it'll be better than Cincinnati's 12 and 0. Uh, no, it wouldn't. Oh, look, look, we wouldn't have a key win over like Notre Dame, but hey, we'd be more fun to watch though. We'd yeah, we'd be more, more fun to watch, but I don't know. We'd be, we put up more points. I mean, listen, who says that we can't have a better defense than Cincinnati did last year? Yeah, but Cincinnati has the, the quality wins in my Eh, fuck the quality ones, man. That Indiana wasn't even like <laughs> Indiana wasn't even good that good last year, and that game was still close. They beat Notre Dame. They beat us. They smacked us. Yeah, but we that was so, we still gave Cincinnati like among their tougher wins of the season. Clayton still had almost three hundred yards that game. You're reaching on this one, brother. I mean, listen, listen, look. I I want I, I want my clippable moments. Man. That's what I want. I want I want I want to fight I want to fight the Ohioans, man. I like I fight I fight Luke Fickle on this. All right, man. What else did we miss out on? Um, I think we covered it all, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited, and got what less than six weeks. Six I'm weeks. Back. We 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 going to the UTSA game, right? Yes, I'm down. We, I got, we, we still got, we still got a DM, Brian, because we're sitting next to the van. It's fine with me. I'll be there. That poor clueless bastard. All right, guys, if you guys made it this far, I thank you so much. Uh, listen, if I'm wrong on these takes, if I'm wrong about Clayton Toon, if I, if he don't make Heisman, you know, race, come back and and and, and talk shit at me. All right, I'm gonna stick by that guy rest of the season, no matter what I said after that tech game last season. <laughs> You're all emotional, right, guys. Yes. All right, guys, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff, man. Y'all have a good one.